0: We're trying to fit the world into our scientific box rather than just continuing to use science as a way to understand the world. So essentially what I'm saying is our audience understands that not everything that we share has to be scientifically proven or validated through science. And I really want our audience to let go of that idea that it has to be. You're allowed to believe things without them being scientifically proven. our Haas Talks Health. Thanks for joining us as we share our personal journey to health by researching and interviewing our way through wellness-related topics. I'm your host, Alyssa Haas. In this episode, we're going to be talking about our story, where it all started, and where we are now in our wellness journey. I had, I've had migraines from a young age. I think I remember one of my first really bad migraines was probably when I was about 12 years old. Um, when I served my mission for my church I started to get stomach issues and I had parasites and when I got back I had a lot of issues with that and I couldn't really eat anything for a while not anything but there was a lot that I just had a really hard time eating it just hurt my stomach to eat anything and I remember at one point I don't know if I've ever told you this before but at one point um you know those veggie straws yeah that they have the, anyway, they had for a while, they had like a special edition one that was sweet potato. I don't even know if you can even tell the difference between the other ones. But for they a while- They all taste the same to me. <laughs> okay. For a while, I could not eat hardly anything except like the only thing that sounded good to me. I would still eat, but I didn't like, I had a really hard time eating. But th- one of the only things that ever sounded good to me was the sweet potato- version of those do you remember Hmm. when they had that like special edition of the sweet potato one so i would pick out the sweet potato ones from those so that was really hard um and i learned a lot about um gut health then so i i saw some different people i did like uh coffee enemas and saw this lady and did a i can't remember it was called a colonoscopy is that what it no, is? No, 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 it no, is no. A
1: colon tra- or a fecal transplant?
0: No, <laughs> <I don't laughs> no. <know. laughs> oh my gosh! Colonoscopy, isn't it? They
1: just give you a We
0: just got really personal, really fast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was a, a colon, cl- like they. Oh, colon she cleans. like put a thing inside me and like uh, yeah, and like pushing a bunch of like special blotter and then, like, made it all come back out anyway.
1: what was special um, about it.
0: <clears throat> eventually, the only thing that ended up getting rid of the worms I had, which is this is totally, like, not what I was going to end up talking about in the first place, or hmm. didn't, this is not where I was supposed to be going with this. Um, But I, I have to finish the story now. Um Was ivermectin, which is so random because, I don't know, I just feel yeah. like...
1: Isn't it an anti-parasite type that, of no. thing anyway? Yeah,
0: I went and got some from the feed store for horses. So if you're ever looking but. for that and you don't have a... <laughs> oh my gosh, we're going to get banned before we even start.
1: But that's not true, Like, though.
0: first episode, we're going to get banned. The lady who I went to see, she was like, I can't tell you to do this or recommend that you do this. But if you do... I'm not telling you to, I'm just saying that if you do, that it's not going to hurt you and it's the exact same thing as it would be if I gave you a
1: prescription. Why couldn't she just prescribe it to you?
0: The horse one?
1: No, the human one.
0: She could, but then I would have to pay way more.
1: Oh, really? So you literally, with all this talk of horse dewormers, you literally did it and you were fine? Yeah. Wow. Okay.
0: Okay. So I, I've been around natural medicine pretty much my whole memorable life. I remember we had some good neighbors and friends who had oils. And I mean, back then growing up, it was kind of weird and taboo. Even into like my 20s, my friends would call them like I, I had a friend who called them my witch doctor medicine and she thought it was so weird. And, and then doTERRA happened and everyone was all about oils. So that was nice to not feel so weird because I, I had used them for years before that. But just just from, you know, looking into things ourselves because of issues in our family with, like, vaccine damage and reactions, vaccine reactions in the babies in our family. And I'm talking about my extended family. All of my extended family, we all grew up really close. So it was almost like a really good experiment. Like, you could... like you had this gene pool that we were all kind of (laughs) in the the same same area on the same. Yeah. We all grew up on the same street. And so we could say, Hey, you know, we have all these like factors, environmental factors that were the same and our genetics were the same. And so we could kind of like study ourselves. We would make a good study, I guess. Um, And learning disabilities and autism and food allergies and all these things that doctors could not seem to explain. It's not like we were like, oh, doctors are out to get us and let's go do our own thing. It was just the more that we learned and the more that we tried to understand our sicknesses, our diseases, our disabilities, the more we found ourselves kind of tending toward natural alternatives because they made more sense to us, they were cheaper, and they solved our problems. Unlike You know, when we went to go see a doctor, it was almost like they didn't even expect us to want to solve our problem. They just expected us to want to get rid of the symptoms. So that's kind of how my kind of like the catalyst to everything that I have become. And I'm really, really grateful for my mom and my aunts, especially for all of the things that they Researched and looked up and did and changed when it was, you know, really against the grain. I remember when my aunt bought organic oranges and they were just tiny little oranges. And I was like, I thought organic meant tiny, (laughs) like because organic was such a new thing. So they really went against the grain. I mean, we would go to the health food store. I remember when we would go to the health food store, my mom. (laughs) Before we went in, she would always give us a lecture. It was this tiny, tiny little store and it had health food, organic food, and like vegan food. But it was seriously like the size of a shipping container. It was this tiny, tiny little store and the parking lot was shared with this nasty old motel. And every time before we would go into the store, my mom would always say, okay, if we see someone with a purple mohawk, what do we do? (laughs) (laughs) And we would go, we don't say anything. And she'd be like, right. If we see somebody who has a bunch of tattoos, do we point at them? Do we stare at them? (laughs) Because those were the other type of people who were shopping at the store with us. And so, you know, that was obviously not the type of people that we were around all the time growing up. So it's not, I I just want to make it clear that I'm not anti-doctor. It's just that naturally we've just sort of tended kind of naturally gone away from that because we, have it's more the idea of trying to solve your problems rather than cover them up. And I don't mean any disrespect to doctors and what they do. I remember my accident, like I had amazing doctors when I was three, I was in a, um, what do you call that? A carnival accident? Mm Mm-hmm there was those little planes and i don't know how to describe this right if you can describe it better than me trent
1: it's like a little carousel but like individual planes that moved around or yeah so they're, they're like on a hydraulic thing
0: so they go up and down individually but then they also go in a circle right and they i I've, I've seen them at a bunch of different carnivals but they're not always planes like one i saw it was ladybugs um And my sister and I were in one of those and the hydraulics weren't set up correctly and it came down and it just hit the base that was holding it up. It just rammed into it. And then it kept going. And my dad, oh, it's just like terrible. I can't imagine like going through this as a parent because as I got older, like a couple years ago, I don't know if it was maybe last year, my dad told me the whole story in depth. Before I kind of knew like I had been in this accident, I have to go see a brain doctor and all that kind of stuff. But when I got older, oh, it just broke my heart because I think about Brighton now and her going through something like that. Oh my gosh, that would be so, so hard as a parent, like beyond the physical pain that I had to suffer, I'm sure. So it rammed into it and then it keeps going and it goes up and the carny or whatever you call the guy who runs the thing is just like, doesn't even know what's going on. And my dad like jumps over the barrier and he's like yelling and screaming and he like grabs us and grabs us out. So it it was just our thing that was off
1: kilter. Only only your guys.
0: Yeah, I think so. That's, that's what I, that's what I understood when my dad was telling me. So, or, uh, Gosh, I don't know if we were in the same car. I think I was on the inside or something. So I hit it a lot harder Mm -hmm. and I rammed my face into the front of the little plane thing that we were sitting in. So we had to go to the emergency room right away. And I had to see a brain doctor for a couple of years. I remember I would have to take my special trips up to Salt Lake to see this brain specialist with my dad. So, I mean, and we had an amazing pediatrician. Yeah, I remember our. our, We had an amazing, amazing pediatrician. My mom still talks about her. She had MS and she ended up dying several years ago. But she was a really good doctor. After that, we. I don't think we ever had another doctor after that. (laughs) Yeah, she was. I think she's like when people talk about the doctor who's like, "Oh, my doctor's okay if I don't get vaccines." Like, you better hold on to that doctor because they're rare. So I don't know if my migraines are related to my brain trauma or not, but
1: I would imagine they have something to do with it.
0: I mean, I know that I broke blood vessels to my brain, which if I understand correctly, you can't regrow those. And I know I have like the symptoms of like when you bend over and you stand up and you like get really dizzy and I kind of pass out a little bit more easily, Mm -hmm. which I always read Harry Potter. I was really embarrassed of that and I tried to hide it, but then I read Harry Potter and I was like, oh, I'm like Harry Potter. What? Because he like always faints. Oh, he does? <laughs> yeah.
1: I didn't know.
0: <laughs> that's right. That's <laughs> like, That's why I love Harry Potter. Just kidding. Oh, um, so, uh- I don't know if it's related to that, but I mean, it might be, it could have something to do that. I honestly think it has a a lot more to do with environmental factors because I I seem to be able to manipulate and control it with them. I also got the Zika virus when I was in New Caledonia. When I lived there, it was like the very start of the Zika virus. And I got back and I was telling people like, oh, I had the Zika virus and people didn't even know what it was. And then like three years later, the Olympics and Zika virus and all that and I would, I would tell people, oh, yeah, I've had that. It's not a big deal. <laughs> I think I have some of the residual effects of it still. kind of like resides in your bones a little bit, like Lyme's disease, as far as I've explained it and understood it myself. But so now I just have – I get migraines. I don't like to say chronic migraines because I don't like to believe that anything is well, permanent or chronic. it used to be
1: pretty chronic. But when we stopped – the biggest thing that I noticed is when we stopped eating sugar, that – Cut them down like it was one every couple days or whatever, and they're yeah. really bad. And yeah. then it went down from like one every few days to one a month or something.
0: Right. Which I mean, still now I complain about them being one a month, but still looking back on that, I can't. I can't even remember that. Like I could. I remember that it happened, but I don't. I mean, it's just crazy to think. And I would function like that too. I, I would to go just go through the pain. I would work through it. I would go to volleyball through it. All of that. It's so crazy now. I feel like I'm, yeah, I definitely have a high pain tolerance because of it. (laughs) So I just, I also have like stomach issues. I'm just sensitive. I like how Trent explains it. How do you explain it?
1: Well, it's like a race car, you know, a race car. If you give it crappy fuel, it's going to malfunction. It's not going to work properly. Alyssa is just a race car. So if you (laughs) give her crappy food, give her junk, her body's going to be like, no thanks. And just, you know have issues and give you give you some feedback on it but everybody else who's like a normal you know honda civic or whatever we like gonna put in pizza every day and it's gonna be like "Mm, i love me some pizza even though it's like killing you or whatever so yeah this is just a race car
0: yeah my body just notices it right away (laughs) i like that
1: it just is it's able to react i feel like most people when they eat crappy food that causes so much inflammation their body absorbs the 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 problems that it is caused by their crappy food, but the problem is it absorbs it. And then if you get so much of this bad food or bad, you know, whatever stimulus, eventually your body just breaks and you get an autoimmune disease, you get cancer, you get something because your body hasn't been able to really handle what you've been giving. Yeah. It's
0: that chronic inflammation, but you haven't really been able to there's no pain along with the inflammation so people just ignore it
1: yeah it's up to you to change but I mean it's it's hard though when you go your whole life eating the you know the sad, standard American diet the sad diet when we're constantly pumped in you know the, this super gluten super oil super fat uh, salt all over the place it's just it, it's hard when you live your whole life like that and then all of a sudden you're trying to change you know it takes takes time of course but
0: so would you agree that it's it's harder to keep healthy, like have healthy habits when it doesn't affect you immediately physically like it does for me?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think you, I'm not going to say you have it better, but it, I think, I, I don't know. It's like in some ways it's easier for you because it's like you have this, you have this immediate negative reaction, for example, eating gluten. You know, where if I were to eat like a, ref- a f- refined white bread where it's bad for me, it's got all these additives and refined sugars and whatever, it's not going to really affect me, but that doesn't mean it's good for me. Right. But at the same time, like, uh, you know, over the past few years, because of you, I've been able to kind of learn about what's healthy and why I shouldn't eat certain things. Um, and the why has been able to help me. Not eat them or not have a a strong a desire to eat them as in the past, but if I didn't understand why things were bad for me, it would probably be a lot harder to not eat them because it doesn't really affect me.
0: Yeah, but I mean, you still get to see that firsthand when you have to take care of me and the (laughs) girls. Of course, I like that though. It's kind of like a nice spin on oh, my body kind of overreacts a little bit. Let's let's make the best of that and use it to our advantage. So when I was pregnant with Brighton, I, so when I was pregnant with Brighton, I want to talk about that a little bit because I feel like that's a really pivotal point in our story.
1: That was the pivotal point that changed it all.
0: I, I kind of was nervous. No, I was nervous to get pregnant because I didn't want to be this mom who couldn't take care of her own kids because she's sick all the time. I had headaches all the time. And so I was, I wanted to get well so that I could then have kids. I know most people are like, oh, I want to get financially set. But I wanted to, I did not, like, I kept seeing this vision of myself taking my kid to the park and then slumping over on the bench. Like so tired, so exhausted, so out of energy. And then I would kind of like try to rewrite that story in my brain to be the mom who is happy, smiling, running around the park with her kids, playing with them. That was always what I wanted and the story that I was trying to rewrite in my brain from how I actually physically was. And so then when I did get pregnant, I used that to my advantage and I just made it the healthiest time of my life. I I had a whole nother reason to be healthy, to make all of this about me being healthy for my baby, not only for their future and with them growing up, but with them physically growing inside of me. So I studied a lot and I, I especially studied what I should be eating in my last trimester because I wanted to avoid a lot of common issues that we see nowadays during birth. I didn't want to have a medicated birth. I didn't want to give birth in a hospital I wanted to have a natural birth because I felt like that was the best and healthiest way to bring a baby into the world. And I still do.
1: Which at the time I thought that was insane to not have a baby in a hospital. I remember I was so nervous for like, I mean, it's just like the idea is you have a baby, something's probably going to go wrong. So you better be in the hospital so it can get fixed quick. But when we started kind of learning about pregnancy and how it should be and how to prepare for it and what to do during the you know birthing process and leading up to it, I felt a lot more comfortable with it being out not only outside of the hospital but like it made more sense to not be in a hospital, uh, which we ended up obviously at the birth center and it was totally amazing, which I never thought I would get to that point. But
0: I know it's so crazy to look back and. And I remember that you did feel that way.
1: I was freaked out.
0: <laughs> but it's so weird to me that you were because you're such an advocate for it now.
1: Yeah. Well, I just didn't know. I mean, growing up, we didn't, we didn't grow up with natural stuff. And, you know, we didn't really do oils until we were older and uh, even like the basic natural stuff. I mean, we always ate healthy. We always ate out of our garden. You know, we, it was a huge... Part of our upbringing eating vegetables and fruits especially ones that we grew um but really if we were sick doctor uh, or uh, you know we take whatever medications i really take too many medications but if i was sick i'd always go to the doctor i remember I, I went to the doctor all the time even for the simplest things you know not like i was deathly sick or anything but it was just go to the doctor and do it the traditional way.
0: I, I grew up like that to an extent, to a certain age, where you get antibiotics and you're just like, oh, mm-hmm. we just take antibiotics. You don't understand the risk. You don't understand. Well, my mom did because my mom was, studied microbiology. So microbiology. My dad studied biology and then my mom went on to get her, and then my mom went on to get her masters in business and so whenever i'm like yeah my mom's a microbiologist they're like i thought she was an accountant
1: <laughs> she's both
0: <clears throat> she is everything my mom is just like the smartest person in the world which i didn't realize not everyone's mom is like that i thought everyone's mom knew everything and then when they say one day when you grow up and you realize your mom doesn't know everything and I wait, and I wait, and I never get to that point. I'm still not to that mm-hmm. point. I still think my mom knows everything. I I'm get more sure of it as I get older. I know she knows everything. So, but we'll talk about antibiotics some other time. So when I was pregnant, I was looking into all this different stuff. I found Corinne Brown. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I happened upon her class, but she sent out this email, and it just, it made me cry because she talked about her story of wanting a natural birth as a naturopathic doctor and a doula. And she was still sucked into this system of Kind of chain of events that led to an emergency C-section, which is exactly what happened to my sister. She started with a home birth and then she ended up having a C-section, which was really, really hard for her. And it, it's especially hard for people who go through that. And then other people just tell them, well, you should just be happy that the baby's okay. It's, it's not like that for everybody. For some people, the birthing process is very important. And for the baby, the birthing process is very important. So I, I think- we do a disservice to moms when we treat them like they're not allowed to have the birth that they want just because the baby's okay. But we can talk about that another time too. I found her, I found her class and we definitely need to have her on. I actually already talked to her. I found this other book randomly. I think your sister had left it at your parents' house or something. And we went over there to plant the garden and I read it in one single day While You Planted the Garden.
1: The Essential
0: Oils for Pregnancy and Birth by the lady, she calls herself the Essential Midwife. I can't even remember her name. But that book, it talked about not eating sugar and the benefits of it. And then I read some stuff about pregnancy from Dr. Mercola, who I love, who talked about not eating sugar during your third trimester and the benefits of it, or refined sugars at least. And they all had their different explanations for it. Corinne Brown talks about because it affects the size of your baby. And obviously if your baby's a little bit smaller, just a little bit smaller, it's not like it affects it too, too much than just eating a lot of sugar and a lot of refined carbohydrates. Dr. Mercola talks about some of the benefits of uh, an increased or a decreased risk of uh, group B strep, which they give antibiotics for left and right for that. So and then this book that I had talked about even more benefits and the you have a decreased risk of hemorrhaging because sugar is a blood thinner and all of these different things and I'm like why don't people know this this is crazy how beneficial it would be for people to stop eating at least refined sugars and refined carbohydrates you can have other like natural sugars and things and stuff that's connected to fiber and you know, honey, of course, because we sell honey. So I cleared out. I went home and I cleared our cupboards of every mm. single thing. I cleaned out every single
1: cupboard. I remember that.
0: It's crazy because we didn't have kids back then, so that's so much easier.
1: <laughs> I was just like, Man, what a sad day. All these delicious foods are going out through I, the trash. But...
0: I gave everything away to neighbors. Some stuff. I was like, This is so unhealthy. Yeah. I'm not even a you know, I'm not even gonna give it to anybody. I feel bad. So I cleaned out the cupboards, I cleaned out all of our spices, every single canned food. I cleaned out our freezer, our fridge, everything in our house. And I put it in all a big box. I gave the stuff that wasn't open to our neighbors and I threw the rest of it in the trash. And we started over. This was three months before Brighton was born. We started over and we gave ourselves, I think, Friday was our day that we could eat like sugar or corn or a few other things that I wasn't sure if they were bothering me or giving me inflammation. And that's essentially how I found out that I was allergic to sugar and that it was giving me these insane migraines super often. So thanks, (laughs) Brighton.
1: Wasn't this when we started cutting out gluten too, when you were pregnant with Brighton?
0: Right. It was right after I got pregnant. Right. I knew that it bothered me, but I had never really committed to it because it's hard. It's awkward. You don't want to have to tell other people. For me, maybe for other people, it's just hard because you like to eat it. You don't want to cut it out. But for me, it was more like the social pressure. I hated telling people.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I hated being like, I'm special. You need to treat me special. I hated that. And I just had to get used to it. I just had to get over it. And it's all easier when you can blame it on your kid. <laughs> it is. It really is. <clears throat> so after Brighton was born I read Disease Proof Your Child and started listening to the Food Revolution Summit, which is an awesome summit that they have every year, mostly based on plant food eating and they have tons of tons of different specialists and doctors in different areas talking about health. One of my favorite things though was Dr. Furman, he's one of my favorite doctors and I've followed him for years even before my my mom well, Disease Proof Your Child is written by him. He, he's a favorite in our family anyway. And so my aunt had given me that book, but he was on the Food Revolution Summit. I think that's how I got involved in listening to it. And he said, somebody asked, they had a Q&A and somebody asked, what do I do if my doctor doesn't agree with or isn't on board with my new, you know, nutritious lifestyle, my new nutrition plan or whatever. And he, Dr. Furman He's got this, I don't even know how to describe his accent. I think it's like a New Jersey type accent, but he's just like, what would you, what do they know about health? (laughs) Like he's a doctor, you know, but he's admitting he doesn't know about health because he's a doctor. He knows about health because he's researched it. He said doctors only take one class, their whole med school in health, like one unit of it, one hour credit of it. Their, their, Their practice is medicine. It's nothing against them. They just don't know about health. So don't feel crazy if you know more about nutrition than your doctor does. <laughs> because that's not their specialty. And when we treat them like it is, and when they treat us like it is, it's a disservice to us. It's a disservice to everyone. So I feel like a lot of people when I was pregnant with Brighton would say like, oh, you're on a paleo diet. And I'd be like, no, 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 I'm not, not paleo. Because I hate the, I don't like. I don't like diet names. And then people are like, oh, you're vegan. Like, no, I mean, kind of, but we're not... We're we're vegan-ish. We're vegan-ish. That's what we like to say. But I don't really love labels just because I feel like, for me, it denotes, like, an extreme diet or some sort of thing that you stick to. I... I studied a lot about vegan and plant-based diets and I feel like what, how we eat aligns mostly with that, but we still do eat meat. We believe that we should eat meat and that it's good for us and that meat is made for us, but we're not into extreme diets. Uh, The, the one very, the the strict restrictions that we have on ourselves are obviously things that we're allergic to. So the things that I'm allergic to, I obviously don't eat because you have a, crazy autoimmune response shouldn't eat that and then also our spiritual code for health which in my opinion is our master cheat sheet plan code that we live by
1: so the basics of the word of wisdom are no tobacco no coffee green or black tea um eating little meat uh, says uh, eating eating meat sparingly um, and especially in uh, eating it, especially in times of cold or famine. Um, and then also eating lots of grains and fruits and vegetables. Um, those are kind of the, the basic aspects to it.
0: Right. And there's a lot of other little parts in there talking about eating things in season and things like that. Right. that I've studied over time and we've kind of, it's really, really cool to see that something written you know in the 1800s is now you can kind of see evidence of it now maybe not for tea and coffee right now because that's a really big like a lot of it's a very controversial c- coffee especially is very controversial in the health food world well so is tea, so is
1: tea. it honestly <laughs> depends on who you talk to and what year it is like Right, like, some people are very,
0: it's like eggs. Yeah. Some people are very pro. It's like, coffee's gone. so
1: bad, but you shouldn't ever drink coffee. And then the next year, everyone's like, oh my gosh, coffee's like this life-saving thing. Same with tea, you know, and we're just like, all right, well, if you guys want to drink coffee, go for it, we're not going to.
0: Yeah, but I mean, it was written even before they knew about the negative yeah. effects of tobacco. Right. Like, they were still, I mean, what, 40, 60 years ago, still recommending that pregnant, pregnant women, women smoke cigarettes to help them. <laughs> Crazy. So the one last thing that I wanted to talk about in this podcast is who we imagine is listening to this podcast. So who do you like, who do you intend to be listening to this? Who are you speaking to Trent?
1: When I think of somebody listening to this podcast, I think of somebody like me or better. So like, you know, Trent plus type people, Trent, people like me and people who are better. Um,
0: Trent Plus,
1: yeah, I call them Trent Plus people. So people who are trying to learn about healthy eating, about um, being more conscientious with your health, um, putting in good things and keeping out bad things, and also just learning everything you can to just be good to your body. You know, that's that's just what I'm trying to do. And then honestly, with COVID, I was so surprised at how much of a demand there was uh, and still is because of it, you know, all these, uh, there's so many people who are trying to understand health and how it pertains to them and trying to, trying to break away from the, the, the societal pressures of um, food and lack of exercise and all that sort of stuff. So, I imagine people are like, you know, I want to learn, learn about health, see what's good for me, see what's not, you know, try to understand all the little tiny aspects of it um, just to better themselves. And that's kind of who I see listening to this podcast.
0: I like that. So welcome Trent plus. (laughs) Thank you.
1: I'm speaking for the Trent plus people. people Thank you.
0: Trent plus thanks me. (laughs) I think for me, I'm talking to a stay-at-home mom or work-from-home mom like me, or maybe she works and she she's home right now cleaning her kitchen. You know, she has 30 minutes to an hour cleaning her kitchen or her kids are asleep or they're playing in the other room and she just wants to improve their life and her life and her whole family's life. And so she's tuning in just to see, you know, another mom like herself just genuinely trying to share my journey so that you can see that it's all step by step it's not this it's not this like big thing that all of a sudden happened overnight to me that you can't also i want people to know that it's step by step it's everyday movement towards a better life and also having that motivation of your family. I definitely i am speaking to those people who want that for their family. Maybe they have a kid who has really bad eczema or they're just like chronically sick and they're just sick of it. I I feel you because I've been there. I am there. I think one thing, one other thing, this is an, like a completely different subject, but one other thing that I wanted to talk about before we log off, or did you call it logging off? What do you call it on a signing podcast? Signing
1: up. I don't know. Call it whatever before you want. It's our podcast. Do in, what we want. Before
0: we push the stop record button, I think a really big part of understanding us and who our intended audience is, is knowing, well, I guess this is related then because I'm talking about who our audience is, is knowing that it's people who are like us and though the the way that they don't necessarily have to believe all the same things as us but that they don't <clears throat> feel this pressure to live under the confines of scientific understanding. And I say confines because I do believe that science can be restricted. instead of saying that let's use science to understand the world around us, people, that people kind of take it instead as... If science can't explain it, it doesn't exist, which is such a weird approach that I feel like the world is turning to, and I don't, I don't agree with that. So, I feel like this is applicable from a religious and spiritual standpoint because a lot of people have said like, oh, well, if you can't explain it scientifically, or if you can't like explain the Bible scientifically, then it didn't really happen or whatever, because. We're trying to fit the world into our scientific box rather than just continuing to use science as a way to understand the world. So essentially what I'm saying is our audience understands that not everything that we share has to be scientifically proven or validated through science. And I really want our audience to let go of that idea that it has to be. You're allowed to believe things without them being scientifically proven. And I feel like that will come a lot easier for people who already have a spiritual background because they've been doing that for years while people are telling them, oh, God doesn't exist because science or God doesn't exist because you can't explain him through science. But other things as well, even medical practices or just things that you know intuitively as a mother or just natural instincts that you have. If you can't prove that through science, it doesn't mean that it's not allowed here. We're all about talking about all that stuff, and I think people forget that scientific studies and research come from anecdotal evidence. If you have this, if you don't have that anecdotal evidence, and you don't have people questioning things and trying new things, you have nothing to base your scientific studies and research on. People also, science can be manipulated. Just like anything, there's bias, obviously.
1: Very easily.
0: So I just get comments on Instagram of people saying, oh, I want proof, where's your proof? Or where's your sources of this? And I used to always be like, okay, well, here's a scientific study, here's a scientific study. And then at one point, I just realized I'm going to be free of that. If you want to go look up scientific studies on it, you can, and you're welcome to. And science is a great resource to you know measure things against in some cases but in some cases you're really holding yourself back if you won't look further than that or outside of that this is us that's that's where we're at in our journey we have two kids now and maybe sometime i could talk all about my liver stuff with sage Mm -hmm. i learned all about liver stuff Mm -hmm. most of the stuff that we know about health we've learned through personal experience is essentially what we want everyone to know honestly one of the one of the most exciting things for us about starting a podcast is there's so many people that we know who are just like wealth of knowledge just the people around us who we know personally not like these big famous people and we just want we're excited to get their voice out there too so keep keep tuning in i'm
1: excited i am really excited with we have a list of people who are going to plan on interviewing i'm so excited to talk about them with about what they know just the most interesting people who just. Yeah, Mark.
0: I can't wait to get Mark in here. Yeah, Mark gonna is gonna be awesome. awesome. Rhea Farms. Mark. Yeah,
1: he does amazing organic farming. Totally amazing.
0: And he's so passionate about it. He knows so much. Mm-hmm. And then Corinne, we got to get Corinne. Anyway, lots of people. All right. Bye. Adios. We are Hot Talks Health.